friends, welcome to another episode of Let the Music Be Your Master. We are here, I don't know if we're allowed to say our surroundings, we're in the basement. We're in the basement, learning to print, all of it's hot. No, that's a little That's a little uh, B-52's reference there for you. Uh, we are in the basement. All of what's hot. Uh, the money, because it's counterfeit. Oh, okay. counterfeit. Okay. It's not one of the Beef Two's best songs, in my opinion. But it sounds like it's it would right. be. It's all right, you know, from Whammy. We should Whammy dedicate Kiss. an episode to that song. <laughs> I think we just did. <laughs> we <laughs> and scene. No. Uh, okay, uh, so I'm here with the with the usual crew and one uh, special guest. So let's go around the horn, starting to my left, and we'll, and and we'll let our our special guest introduce himself when it comes time. Hi, Steve. I'm Brandon. Good to be here with you. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi, Brandon. I'm Jordan. Good to be here with you. Jason Johnson. I'm here, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and our special guest. I'm Brian. Brian Croxel. I'm a, I'm a long-time listener. First-time <laughs> First caller. First-time caller. Yeah. First-time guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So we uh, we asked Brian to be here because of our special topic today. Yes, which is next to new wave, the second best music ever invented <laughs> in the history of the universe, ska. Hope, hope and, you can make a good argument for that. Um, <laughs> I it, hope we can define what ska is better than we could define what new wave was. Well, yes, I know so it's 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 quite a bit tighter. We'll know it definition. We'll yeah. know it when we skank to it. I think is, is the, the <laughs> that was the Supreme Court definition. Yes, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know. Um, but before we launch into an exploration of ska, we have our ongoing uh, intro segment tell me something good tell me that you like it <laughs> yeah almost All right. almost perfect. okay perfect. And, it, uh, and that's going to be jordan take it away jordan all right so i'm going to go with something new and good tell you something new and good this is an from an album from 2021 the musician i might have told you guys about him Tried to tried to push it out there through one of our text messages. Um, anyway, it's, I've been listening to this album a lot. This artist, his name is Benny Sings. He's a Dutch pop musician, and we've talked a little bit. We haven't done the episode on kind of yacht rock or blue eyed soul, but we've talked a little bit. about I have some affinity to, for Hollow Notes and some of this, you know, Michael McDonald type stuff. But Benny Sings is a Dutch musician. He he puts off a little it's kind of to me it's like a cross between that genre and um mac demarco who some of you i think know of and imagine that a hip-hop label an underground hip-hop label produced it or put it out which they did so this is a stone's throw if you know stone's throw record records uh he's one of their artists so the the album is called music very original name for an album so i want to just play a, a, uh, bits from two tracks the first track is called uh nobody's fault yeah. mm, feeling it yeah you could sail to this i think you could sitcom to this you could sitcom to it you could drive in a convertible I could grow a mustache to this. Yes. 
There's a lot of things you could do in your 30s or 40s to this. <laughs> or 50s. <laughs> It's got Jordan written all over it. So good. It does. He's making music for me right here. I'm a little bit familiar with him because I'm a sucker for Stone's Throw. Like anything on Stone's Throw, I typically check out. He... He, there's a, been a few moments where he's reminded me a little bit of um, like Mayor Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, I think some common ingredients. Yeah. But is there a Dutch version of Family Ties that this is the this theme song is for? This is it, and I am all about it. <laughs> Let's listen to just bits of one more from this album called "Rolled Up." The song is "Rolled Up," and the guest singer on this song "Rolled Up" is Mac DeMarco. And the the music video is one of my favorite music videos. I'll just say. I don't know if you hear it, Jason, a lot of neo-soul mm-hmm. in the instrumentation. Like the actual sound of the bass. It's, yeah, I was going to say the, the, snare. the style of bass has that neo-soul feel. Yeah. All right. So that's my, my something good and new is Benny Sings, Dutch pop musician, uh, doing some fun stuff. Actually, he's been doing stuff since 2003. This is his eighth album, but I didn't know about him until I think uh, about a year and a half ago. And the algorithm has been feeding him to me and have accepted. <laughs> nice. It's a good, good algorithm. I need, to, I need to get me one of those. Can yeah, listen to more Christopher it, Cross and more Holland Oates. It, it and D'Angelo. Well, and it reminds me a lot of feeding the, me uh, Alan Jackson. <laughs> it reminds, I, mean, it's, it's good I think it's, it's based on your geographic location, just based on where it can tell where you're working at. Yeah. And it, it just automatically assumes. Oh, he's in Payson? He's in South County? <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of the, the, the latest Daft Punk album that has such a retro vibe and features mm. all those different people, but with the, with the bass grooves and the. It, to me, it sounded a lot like Jens Lechman. Tell me about Jens. I, I've never heard of him. Uh,. Swedish indie pop, but yeah, sort of like neo. I mean, not quite as soul as mm-hmm. that, but definitely like Swedish pop could either be like the sort of danceable Balearic stuff, or it could be, you know, I'm not used to this, guys. It's hard. <laughs> no, you did great. How, you how do you do this? You sound so you, smart. You came in and you dunked on Jordan. Yeah, you dropped a reference yes, he had never yeah, heard Lechman, of. Jordan's always Bellier. the guy. Anything you name, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah, so he's from Gothenburg along with, like, the Tough Alliance and, like, the Sincerely Yours out label. But but Jens Lechman did sort of, like, more soulful yacht rock pop for okay, the indie scene. I'm going to look it up because, I mean. I think you'd like it. Yeah. 
he has a great song in which he poses uh as a as a boyfriend to his lesbian girl space friend and is trying to like help her cover to her parents Interesting. Uh, something about nina here you go is this it this is jens lechman We'll, we'll let Croxall tell us something we, good while he's we here. Got, we got two something goods yeah. for the price of one. That's right. Some things nice. good. Two, two foreign entities some contributing heart. to... Well, Swedish and Dutch pop. Yeah. Hey, turn it up a little. Come on. Slicing up an avocado And you came up behind It's Don Lennon That's what I was just going to say it's, Yeah it Sounds like Is it really him? No, it's not It but sounds it's, it so sounds much a lot like him I did not see. Wow Is that Dulcimer or? We were heading for the sea it. For a second oh, anyway Sounds like they're covering a Cure song. Yeah. Like Morrissey's covering a Cure song. Kind of. <laughs> Don <laughs> Lennon, uh, Bell and Sebastian. And How have I not brought up Don Lennon on this podcast yet? I don't know. Don Lennon is so good. Yeah. He might be your oh, Bonnie boy. Prince Billy, actually, but you just forgot so, about him. Well, I didn't, <laughs> I've been saving him until the time's right. You like him so much you forgot yeah. him. Yeah. Well, Jeez. I mean, it's what the Japanese call Butenishinju. Too sacred to talk about? Yeah. Per- pearls before swine. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. I got it from the t- context like, clues. Wow. I could tell. Yeah. Jordan had an immediate gift of tongues experience there. Like, you got to listen to the music uh, under the words. Yeah. Is that what wow. Carl Rogers said? Too sacred to talk about versus pearls before swine. Slightly different, but... Yeah. Close. Same, same, Close. same sentiment, perhaps. <laughs> Um, okay. And this, uh, this episode of Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by our sponsor, Ginger Beer. Enjoy it, Ginger Beer. (laughs) Let's get focused, gentlemen. Um, we're here to talk about the, well, perhaps the second most important and amazing, uh, musical form. Because New Wave is the first most. Yes, that's right. Whatever New Wave is, it's the most Yeah, whatever... Whatever it is, and number two, a close second is ska, and uh, you know, I in my uh, extensive uh, fifteen minutes of Wikipedia reading, I could say that I think there's a lot of great information out there, including the <laughs> Wikipedia entry on ska. It's it's pretty much yeah. kind of what I the the way I think of it. N- not that that's necessarily right, but. Um, one one, th- one phrase or something I read that uh, I wanna I want us to play a little something. Well, okay, Brandon's just decide- he's just <laughs> taking over and playing whatever the heck he wants. This isn't what you wanted is, us to is play. Is this Iceburn? What is this? Uh-uh. Is this the, Brian Croxall? This is what I heard was the best ska band of all time. Is it Goldfinger? It's called Real Big Fish. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pranked, son. No, uh, no. I mean, they're f- it's fine. Right, just let me know when you're done. 
I take this seriously. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Prince Buster is a figure in Jamaica in you know the 50s, and one of the you know credited as being one of the forefathers or, or even inventors, you might say, of ska. And that most sources kind of see it as like a coming together of calypso, another um, you know musics of that sort with uh, American rhythm and blues and jazz and this kind of fusion. And one little phrase, which I thought was an interesting description, was a flipping of the accent pattern of uh, rhythm and blues shuffle. So if you think of the 12-8 the kind of feel of like... You know, where the accent's kind of on the downbeat. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what if you flip that so that the accent was on the offbeat. And that's how you get ska. And so the original ska often that comes out of Jamaica gets described as um, kind of a walking bass with that offbeat, right, that and, that can be played. And as far as I can tell, that's maybe where the name of the music came from, right? Like that's an onomatopoeia that was like scat, 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 Mm. or or skank or something that's kind of describing. That's that's what you do with the guitar. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I thought that's what they called it. They they called that chop the skank. Yeah. Turned yep, into I, somehow. I believe. I believe so, or at least that's one working theory. But um, it, similar to what we did with with new wave, and for some reason I like this approach. I wanted to suggest maybe a, a, a kind of couple of cover things. So Bob Marley in the Whalers in a, in a pre pre uh, reggae ska incarnation uh, do a cover of "And I Loved Her" by the Beatles. So see if you see if you can find that. Let's maybe play just a few bars of that and see how that sounds. You know, They're not doing this, the upbeat, this isn't having that, that have the upbeats, clear upbeat, yeah. so it's maybe even a little what year is that? earlier showing. So, but I mean, you hear some of the elements, the, the horns, the adding of the horns, and the other things. Let's let's listen to something a bit later, uh, which is the uh, the beat or the English beat cover of Tears of a Clown. I don't know if you want to play the original, uh, Smokey Robinson. Oh, nice. Maybe so, we can't add, well so we can't have this one on our list? Oh, of course you can. Well, I'm you just can't. messing uh, you with can, you. You can't. We, we can ditch it. I'm just messing no, with okay, you. No, okay. I was just trying to freak you out. You want the original first? Yeah, play, play a little bit of the original, Smokey Robinson. So, I mean, there's some typical Motown sound and that nice groove, but you got that real strong accent on the downbeat. Now, let's listen to the English beat, Tears of a Clown. 
little faster. Okay, okay. So, I mean, uh, it, the, it, even in this one, the guitar is like... Yeah, it's not as prominent there. Yeah, yeah. You're, get, you're still getting that beat, but there's there's a few other strokes thrown in there, so... You know... Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, one of the things that is interesting about these first few things you picked is it shows a thing that happens a lot in ska, which is covers. Right, like Prince Buster... And the people in Jamaica are listening to American radio stations from New Orleans and other places, and they start covering that music. And then when they run out of that music to cover or to play on the radio, they start sort of start writing their own. And you see a lot of times in Scott, you know, the specials, the two tone, they're covering the first wave of ska. The third wave starts covering the second wave, and there's and Real Big Fish. They, you know, everybody loves them playing "Take on Me." Like ska bands love to cover other music, mm. maybe because it's just so easy to transform it into ska with you just you add that upbeat. Yep, it's, it's the novelty that never wears out. That's right. <laughs> so that's why we all still listen to it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, Steve, before we go into put picks, I have one question, and maybe you'll answer it in this. If you had to just pick like a couple key ingredients for something to be considered ska because every time we dig into a genre we end up inevitably with the debate is this blank or is it not for you what are the mandatory ingredients for something to be ska well uh i should say steve and brian i mean we got, yeah we got, we got we, i gotta defer to to brian's take but i mean r- really the number one ingredient is the accented upbeat? It's the upbeat, right? And the dot 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 dot, and and often, I mean, you you have. Is that always done on the guitar? No, sometimes it's done with an organ. Yep, or piano. Horns do it too. Sometimes. Horns do it too, but yeah, I think that's the main thing, right? Are horns a required ingredient? That was my big question. Do you have to have horns for it to be ska? No. There, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's common, but it's it's it doesn't have to be there. Certainly not as Kinda you get like to w- like you funk. know third wave yeah. or later. But yeah, Kinda. even even so upbeat. And then track. the other thing, like it feels like it's typically guitar, like guitar and bass driven. Like it's rock instruments playing it and hitting that upbeat. Maybe some organ. Um, but otherwise, like that's kind of the main piece. That's how I approached it. At least look at it in my list. Yeah. I think I think so, and then when you get into you know you know the the, the people that were influenced by the two tone stuff, t- t- mixing it with punk or whatever else you want to see and making changes, I think the thing that identifies that sky influence is just that upbeat. You know, if it's got that upbeat there, but with whatever it's sped up or it's got 
it doesn't have horns and the the lyrics are different or the vocal style is more shouting or whatever but if it's kind of got that then that's the ska so major keys mostly i can't think of lots of minor keys ska songs i there's there's plenty yeah yeah i mean it it, but it's dance music too right like it's it's feel the good upbeat, music. The upbeat is what you're going to hear, but it's meant to be danced to. Whereas, like something like Scott Morrison to Rocksteady and then Reggae, you, you don't dance as much though. There's not they're not fast enough, and so it it was music for the dance hall and for people to to have fun to. It is fun music generally, and so it tends to be in a major key. Uh, it wants to get you moving. It's like funk that way. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot about similarities between ska and funk specifically about the narrow definition like new wave was so big because we actually mm-hmm. had like oh ska and reggae is kind of part of new wave or the but but funk was at least i saw funk as a very narrow thing like there was funky but then there was like this funk and i think ska to me seems similarly yeah. very kind of narrowed in like even oh, that's even ska. more so even more so and even more so than metal yeah like with with metal like if you use the wrong font Right. On your album, you're not you're not metal you're anymore. Yeah, if, you're done. If you have a serif font on there, forget it. <laughs> Jokerman font. Uh, <laughs> and Scott, Scott seems like for the uh, uninitiated, like like me. I mean, I'm familiar with what Scott is. You got my sister into Scott, man. But Tw- skank and pickle. I know what it is, but I haven't listened to a ton. I'm not like classic like these Brandon guys. move. And so, like, as I'm doing my, my research for this episode, I'm like, okay, yep, yep, next, yep. Next, yeah. It's all it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, if they don't listen to jazz, might think that's what yeah. it's like. Oh, another jazz song, okay. Or classical. But jazz, there's a ton of variety. Yeah. But it might be, like, swing music. Speaking of which, right? jazz, ton of... All, all oh, swing yeah. music will kind of be similar, like Scott's. That that song we we played, that... So and so, whatever the guy said was his. You said, "Well, how's this different, Benny Goodman?" The th- the shuffle was different. Like Benny Goodman was doing that shuffle. So I think it's that shuffle, and then that turning that on the on the upbeat seems right. to be the Flip, big flipping the shuffle flipping on its up. head. But and then the, another thing that's interesting though is I think when you get to two tone, they kind of lose. A lot of times they lose that shuffle. It's more straight. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think two tone meets punk, punk right? Like and even rock. more than like the third wave. People tend to think of ska meets punk, but that's what two tone was. Yeah. Like two tone is you know the same time as the Clash, and they're they've been listening to punk. They're working class kids, and they they mix it with you know the Jamaican music they're hearing from Jamaica or people from Jamaica you know in the area that are in the bands with them. They bring that in, and so it's. And then it gets more so in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It was just wussier versions of punk back then. They didn't have the metal zone pedals. That's right. You could call it wussier. You could also call it cornier. Or you could just call it more fun. A more fun version of punk. And maybe all three at the same time. Sans metal zone is wussier. So I have to, you know, so I've been listening to you guys podcast, and I'm a couple episodes behind. But what what I found myself thinking about preparing for this is that, you know, Jordan's complaint about New Wave is is how it's carnival music. Uh, and I kind of found myself wondering... With to, ska. To what degree is well, ska carnival music? Well, I didn't say that about music? New Wave. I said that about Oregon. Because I actually loved New Wave 
going into that. It was so broad. But I was saying I have this problem with organ sometimes. And like the Elvis Costello songs and I'm like, I'm going to skip this one or like where the organ is turned up to 10 out of 10. This is a fest. This is a carnival song. But yeah, I, I thought the same thing as listening. It was like, oh, Ska definitely goes there with the, the carnival. Yeah. And yeah. Elvis Costello produces like some right. of the specials albums. Right. Yeah. All comes back together. Let's yeah, get so what into do, this, What do you Steve? have to say for yourself, Jordan? How are you going to reconcile oh. your hatred of organ music? Well, with, I don't uh, hate organ music. It's <laughs> it's the or it's the carnivalesque, I know, and I actually like that term. But uh, I, I'll tell you, in the research for this, it's when I, Elvis Costello starts going. <laughs> 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 right, take me out to the volume. No, I love doing the research. I'm excited to get into this. I didn't know about the first wave, second wave. Maybe Steve can tell us about the waves. I knew about the third wave. I was here in Provo. I went to see Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I kind of thought that's what ska was, just the third wave. So, Did you ever see research, a band called Stretch Armstrong? I did not. Oh. But my research what about into the, the Aquabats? Two, I did, did you not, ever see but them? I know of both, and I know we've got <laughs> two gentlemen both those bands. in the house from those bands. <laughs> I'm just... There's a lot of cool stuff, especially the tune two tone stuff that I loved researching. But yeah, we should we should hear we should have some sort of a you know maybe Brandon let us know the connections to the bands you're talking about. I I just know I've heard of those bands and that they were a big deal. And it turns out that two of these guys were in those bands. <laughs> well, yes. Let's. I mean, do you guys want to get launch? it out of the way? Do, do, yeah. do, should we get out of the way? Okay, let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Well, I love ska, and you know, came to it in junior high, and and was listening to mostly just the two tone stuff in the you know early eighties is when I you know finally discovered it along with all the other new wave stuff that I loved, uh, and then um, so I was here at BYU at college, and uh, this was ninety one, and I was playing i was a music major and playing trombone but i kind of started to feel like hey i want to try playing something other than just jazz and classical and and so uh i don't even know how i if if there was like a job board <laughs> looking for trombonist or seeking something. trombonist <laughs> yeah seeking trombonist but somehow i you know came to understand that the the band stretch armstrong uh, was looking for horns, or or I approached them somehow, and so I got in touch with Scott Van Wagenen, who was the lead singer at the time, and ended up, you know, becoming. I think I was the first horn player in the band. At that point, they were just you know a couple guitars, bass, drums, singer, um, and then with my connections to the BYU music department, I you know got sax player and eventually another trumpet player and and we we had kind of had a string of keyboard players while i was in the band but i was only in the band for a year so i was just in the band basically from the summer summer or early fall of 91 to the summer of 92 and it was kind of before they really hit their stride well, well formative years i mean <laughs> you can't hit your stride without formative years formative Steve. years for yeah. sure some of Laying some, the foundation some of the horn licks i wrote made it onto their first album album lollygag and they put out a cassette that again had some songs that i played and maybe helped write but uh unfortunately i didn't stick around long enough to get do any of the recording projects or whatever but um yeah you know i was in the band with scott the lead singer who stayed all the way through darren hutchinson who became the bass player dave thomas who became the drummer uh owner of wendy's that's right yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, supporters that's right. of Dunkin'. founder of Wendy's. That's yeah. right. And it was it was a blast. It was a fun time. And uh, yes, but let's 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 get to playing some music. First, we got to hear Brian's story. It's just probably more interesting than mine. Take it away, Brian. Let's hear it, Brian. It's, I mean, it's interesting to hear your story and why I assumed Jordan would have been into ska, because yeah. I feel like ska is music for band kids, right? Yeah. Like, kids who were playing instruments in band yeah. and were mad that the people with guitars had always, were the cool ones, right. right? And so, like, when I first was introduced yes. to ska by my friends in marching band, it's like, oh, here's music that, it, that people would actually maybe be willing to listen to, and I could, <laughs> and I could play. And so, so I got, I got really into ska in high school, and then I, I came to college uh, my freshman year here and started looking for concerts to attend and saw a flyer within my first week or two that there was going to be a ska concert. Well, there was a ska band playing and some, like, neo-mod groups, and I must have walked 30 blocks south to, I don't know where, here in Provo, to see these bands play, and, and, and I saw this band called the Shriners play. And then I realized, you know, I enjoyed it. It was like, cool, there's Scott here. And then I realized the next week that two of the guys in the band were in my jazz band that I was playing in at BYU. And at that point I was like, oh, well, they didn't have any horns. Well, they had one, they had a saxophone. Um, I guess I could talk to them or I could be passive, passive aggressively where boss tones t-shirts until they asked me to join the band <laughs> until they asked me it took nice. about it took about three weeks and they were like well do you like scott i said yes and and so i joined nice the band the shriners and we played concerts all over the state for that whole year and we played some shows with the aquabats uh and towards the end of that they knew i was from california from talking to them and so they asked me if i wanted to be in the band because they didn't have a trombonist anymore uh and then they, and most of the Aquabats at that point were Mormon, and they, they didn't realize I hadn't been on a mission yet. And when they found out I hadn't, they said, oh, well, we don't, we don't want you to join the band and not go on a mission. And I said, oh, well, don't worry about that. And so I, so I came home. Like, it's worth it. It's worth the case. That's right. <laughs> so, so I came home, and for the summer of 96, uh, I played with the Aquabats um, from, you know, April through August, and... Uh, you know, we played the Warp Tour, and we, you know, we we played one stop of the Warp Tour, um, and we played shows all over Southern California and toured the Western U.S. Um, and then the, the last show I actually played with them was we were auditioning for a record contract, and so that was the last. And then then I went back to college, um, and then they went on to fame and glory. And, <laughs> But my one of my good friends from high school, uh, I got into the band. He was a sax player, and he's still with them. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was also I also discovered uh, in touring that I really didn't have the disposition to be a touring musician. Like I was way too type A to like just sort of show up at a, a new town at four p.m. and kill time until eleven p.m. and do it over and over again. But uh, yeah, wow. That's cool. So, just to to really quick, your thing about ska being for band people, like, I was in a band with this guy for a short time. It was funk, but that was the thing that caught me was was uh, 
was because I was into Scott. And I was like, oh, cool. And there was another band before then with my cousin, you know, Tim Tippets. Yeah. We had a band called Colob, and we had one of our songs <laughs> that I wrote was wasn't meant to be a ska song, you but could it, high to it totally became a ska song. Two tone, no, yeah. Sorry. And it was a so so there was some of that stuff. But as soon as I heard Cool in the Gang, yeah, the early stuff, James Brown, Parliament, I, that was like that was where my horn. My horn envy, or <laughs> what do you want to call it? Your horniness. <laughs> My horniness went towards funk rather than ska. And I think ska, part of this was that thing of ska is so fun, and yet it's like it tips the meter right be- from fun to silly to corny. And it's like, yeah. where do you. And I think I already had enough of that in me in, like, in the 90s that, or late ni- 90s to me or mid. That wasn't as cool to me as like the funk stuff that that i came across yeah that makes sense you know if if ska is the music for band kids uh the decemberists is the music for theater kids oh i like this (laughs) brian's got the hot takes man this is some good stuff right well for my part i was always trying to steal uh james brown you know fred wesley and and uh maceo parker licks for for ska tunes we were writing you know so yeah so i was always and we would you know every ska band kind of well at least around that time would would do their obligatory funk song or you know uh, attempt it right at funk yeah some did it better than you've others. got the instrumentation right yeah so. you, you've got you've got it there so well, and, and or launch got, into a funk section maybe or something i don't know and you've got the people that again have the background that maybe have been playing jazz or that they're the guitar players they are not as likely to have been listening to jazz or funk or things like that right the horn players mm-hmm. to have so you get in ska bands a lot of times people who are boiling a couple can of read music can read music can you know can no different genres know a couple of different genres kind of and creole it up and so and that's really what scott ends up being like brandon was saying you, it it sounds the same because you get that upbeat over and over again but then you it's it's like you know your gumbo right what are you gonna what are you gonna mix with it and that's and that's what gets interesting yeah yeah. Let's All get right, into give it. Us the Let's rules, see what Steve. some people mixed with it. Let's, Let's get into it. So, at the at the risk of upsetting the some of the members of the uh, Utah Ska Preservation Facebook group uh, <laughs> from a post I did about a week ago and discussion which has ensued. No, uh, I I it made sense to me to think of the waves, and you know you can always debate you know trying to categorize things or define things too too severely because there are exceptions there are you know gray areas etc but it made sense to me to think of think of the three waves of ska being first wave is the original jamaican stuff prince buster at all you know influenced by american rhythm and blues etc and then second wave being two-tone british uh, revival stuff and they're all being influenced by these you know original jamaican artists or like brian said you know actual immigrants that are coming to the, that are in england and that are that are being part of the bands and then third wave is where it gets maybe the messiest and who knows if there's a fourth wave or if it goes on from there but i mean just third wave being you know music in america or anywhere else that's influenced by the two-tone stuff that's probably where that what their connection was with ska and then 
goes from there and maybe it stays more pure you know you have some people that kind of are influenced and kind of try to sound like those original jamaican bands or even two-tone bands or or you have others that are you know again continuing this evolution of of the gumbo and mixing punk or rock or other things with it so the the third wave being you know beyond that there i i'll probably get hazy with the dates we don't need to worry about that but so what i suggested to the crew here was Everybody pick one song from each of those three waves uh, that's going to be their nomination for the Hall of Fame. So we'll st- our first round will be first wave, original ska. Our second round will be two-tone, second wave. And our third round will be third wave or basically everything post-two-tone. <laughs> And and there's obviously it's it's hard to to nail it down and to, to those picks and if there's any arguments about going across waves or whatever to, to have two picks from a particular thing uh, I'm certainly open to be challenged but that was the that was the challenge that was put out there and now that we have a fifth member I mean what will probably be done by midnight maybe if we're if we're, <laughs> if we're lucky. Because I'd also love once we're done with that to for each of us to pick one or two tunes of of the sky influence that didn't make it to the Hall of Fame, but yeah. just just bands that you wouldn't call a ska band, but that have a ska song, or maybe also sometimes popularly called "Is It Ska?" You know, one of those things where we could propose. Mm. Here's a song that really I know this band isn't ska, and I'm not even sure if the song is ska, but it seems to have the upbeat or whatever right. is it ska so i'm hoping we'll have a little time for that at the let's end do let's, let's do it let's launch into first round and i i love the idea like i've done before of going last because i want to make sure if, if we miss a certain band or a thing that you want to back clean up i want to back clean up uh although i guess it's uh, what do you call the fifth batter it's not clean up what is it just whatever just it's just called the fifth batter. Not so <laughs> it's usually a heavy hitter, though. It's usually a home run hitter, right? It's, uh, uh, yeah, like you're three and you're four, you power hitter. Yeah, yeah. Not as good as the fourth batter. Yeah. So, Brian, yeah. we're counting on Brian and then yeah. Steve. Let's so, go. So let's go if it gets to you, that's a good inning. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play short, so I played second base. Okay. Not, it's respectable. I, uh, I didn't bat third or fourth. I batted fifth. Okay. So I played right field, and they didn't let me bat. Yeah. Mostly, I played... I was on your catcher, team. I remember. Pitcher, catcher, soft pitch softball. Okay, uh, Brandon, take it go. away, and we go we around go. clockwise. Okay. As, First wave. Uh, I might as well just be upfront about it, because our <laughs> listeners are going to find out anyway that I know nothing about this. So all of my picks were listened to for the first time last week. Right now. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me Google this This is real Linda quick, Ronstadt. Steve. Uh, no. Um, yeah, first wave ska. I I don't think I'd heard any of this before. There there didn't seem to be any that are like big, uh, well known stuff that that I was familiar with. But this is one that uh, that I liked a lot. It's by Cedric I'm Brooks, Cedric M Brooks, something like that. Uh, it's called Words of Wisdom.
somber and slightly more somber of a mood, I guess, than what I generally associate with, with ska. But I, I dig the sound of it. It's got a cool vibe. Yeah. Do either of you guys Ju- judges? know? Is do you know ska? this guy? Is he is he well known in the the ska community? But to what you said about not having heard the first wave, that was something I found myself thinking about. In you know, in the nineties, we didn't have the internet. Yeah, really, right? Like, I didn't have Spotify. I didn't have YouTube. Like, I knew there was a first wave. I knew it was, there, it was Jamaican. I'd heard of Prince Buster, but heaven help you if you can find it to listen mm-hmm. to. Finding it now on Spotify is still hard. So no, I've never heard this. This is really tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, first wave tends to be a little slower than the, the next two. Feels kind of like in between ska and reggae a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. You know, I, I started with two-tone and only kind of knew about these other bands by reputation. And, and, and yeah. So it's been it's been more recently that I've discovered some of them and listened to them, and I still don't. It's I know the least about you know a lot of this original stuff. So it, yeah, to to me at least, just in in my browsing, it seems like this this older stuff uh, has more soul to it. Like uh, like I think of the the later waves as more lighthearted, poppy da- dance music, just ha- just having fun, goofy kind of lyrics. You know, all the skank and pickle kind of stuff, just, you know, almost bordering on Weird Al kind of, kind of lyricism. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I thought about Weird Al when I was listening to a couple songs today, third but, wave ones. But a lot of a lot of these early ones, like, ha- seem to have a lot more feeling yeah. and, and meaning behind it. You mentioned the Weird Al. It's funny because that upbeat thing can, can sound like a polka, right? That upbeat, which is Weird Al's kind of... In my research, I found like a Twitter polka. thread that was uh, mocking ska, and they compared it to polka. Yeah, the uh, band Model Citizen from Logan in the early '90s. Their first album was called Speed Polka. Yeah, which is kind of what ska. Yeah. All right, my turn. I'm up. Yep. Okay, my first pick. Um, so I found it fascinating to dig into the first and second waves, which I knew nothing about. I had the same thought of like the internet is amazing, and how would I how would I know about this stuff in the '90s? You know. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting was because I'd always always thought about okay, the ska's fun, sometimes corny, but was the, both the second wave and first wave. I didn't think of the soulfulness, but I thought about the political relevance. So this song comes from Derek Morgan from 1962. It's called Freedom March, and it's celebrating Jamaica's independence from Great Britain. And um, I mean, you'll hear it in the lyrics, and it's just like it just when I was listening to it last night and today, I was like, man, this is. This is such a better national anthem that we have. I know it's not Jamaica's you mean national forward anthem. Forward March. Yeah, what did I call it? Freedom March. Mm-hmm. Forward March. Derek Morgan, 1962. Forward March. You got the shuffle. And there's the upbeat with the horns there. I just love the idea of Jamaicans making this music to celebrate their independence 
and and it's also the verge of this new type of music which had to do with also american basses being in jamaica so american r&b and blues being played in the radio there more often after world war ii and all this stuff so that's Derek morgan forward march also I, I went into the weird uh, rabbit hole of black skinheads, which Derek Morgan was part of. I didn't know that was a thing. Kind of black nationalism and how there was skinheads involved with reggae and ska in Jamaica. Black skinheads in London as well. Black and white skinheads. So, interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah the skinhead movement is, you know, that's it's working class. It, it's not initially you know racist in the way that we think of and then in the way that we've seen working class politics in the u.s be co-opted by right movements that happens in england some of the time so it was working class and like aggressive kind of like we're we're tough it's like soccer hooliganism that was one of the interesting things in that video you shared jordan shared a video with us earlier on kind of the history of two-tone but the um, one of the the two lead singers of the English beat was talking about like the variants of skinheads mm-hmm. and like how you had in England you had Nazi skinheads and then skinheads that weren't Nazi right. and there were so there were like these different variants but it was the working class piece was always that kind was the of common the, the common denominator yeah yeah fascinating my turn yes let's do this. So my my history with ska, I, I I'll just be honest. Uh, hopefully I, I don't upset anybody. I I it bugged me at first in the nineties. I took my music way too serious, uh, and it bothered me that it was so fun. <laughs> I was like I was really into punk, and I was really like I was discovering underground hip hop, and I was like, and you like there's metal? no place you in like metal music too, for this right? much fun. What is what's going on here? And uh, and and so I was like. I didn't give it a chance in the, and I didn't know anything about waves. My first exposure to to ska was third wave. Um, Then in the early two thousands, I was, I had internet access at at work and I became friends with somebody that set up a local server and I stole a ton of music. Like we had 80 gigs on a local server of just any music you can think of. It was a, a wonderful time, and it was also an <laughs> awful time. And uh, I, my, I became probably more aware of first wave at that point, and that that's where I ended up spending the majority of my time. Uh, so I actually still love uh, first wave ska. There's two bands I want, or two groups I want to make sure get in here. I'm worried if I pick one, the other one won't. But I think I can live with that because I like this first song better i'm gonna go uh desmond decker 007 shantytown and for the record i put desmond decker in the uh in the decade hall of fame i remember that i put a i put israel that's in there. right yeah. i do remember that yeah oh yeah Dude. 007 shantytown so you're that's more of one. a ska guy than than maybe anyone here
You can go ahead and kill I it. I think that, that just became my favorite ska song I've ever heard. It's in so that, good. In that 30 it, seconds. I, I, I like that so one because I, I think it was Brian that mentioned like the danceability. Um, and as I've, I've, I've dug more into it, that's that's like a I think an important part of it. And it feels like that's a song that early on starts to capture a little bit faster. And it, it starts to capture a little bit more of that uh, that danceability to it. But Desmond Decker's incredible. Desmond yeah. Decker and the... Um, Oh, what was the name of the group he was with? He, Israelites, right? Israelites, yeah. But that was also mm. the name of the song. Anyway, Desmond Decker's great, great voice. He's he's worth checking so good. out. Very nice, Brian. You're up. Oh man, I really thought like as I was getting to, it, I thought everybody's going to pick Prince Buster because it's so obvious. Like he, I mean, he's he's in a way the place to start. So I, I was trying to hunt down things that weren't prince buster so i'm, I'm looking at you steve and i'm just gonna so so we'll see like this this was something i i'd never heard until getting ready for this um but delroy and paulette uh dance the ska and as best as i can tell this is from a, a maybe a b-side of a scatolites album so the scatolites are an early ska band and they continue performing up through today and probably like menudo or something like, like i don't know that it's all the exact same people um but certainly some of them, you know, in the 90s, as Ska, you know, is, is revived, a lot of these first wave artists get a, a, a second or a third career um, mm-hmm. coming and touring the U.S. Um, but Delroy and Paulette, I don't know anything about them. Uh, I can't even find a real year for this. I'm, you know, it's probably six, somewhere between 63 and 67. Um, and, yeah, we'll let you start it. <laughs> One of the things, it, this is even faster than the Desmond Decker, right? This is even more dancey. Um, it's clearly, it, it's more the speed that you'll hear in the later waves. You get a male and female vo- vocal together. But one of the things I also found interesting about it is they're singing a song about ska. Yes. And like ska loves to like... Reference have, itself. Reference right? itself, right? Like It was like funk too. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the songs often talk about ska or about rude boys. Yeah. They... The band names are all terrible puns, and and so we see in like here they're they're you know asking you to dance the the real Jamaican ska, and and so like that's not a thing that it comes in right at the beginning like this yeah. sort of self referentiality. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know anything else about them, um, but I thought this I thought this was a lot of fun. It definitely feels more like almost like pure ska right there. This song feels like it's further than the ones we've already listened to yeah like further into this this is yeah brandon's pick was more like is this rock steady or you mm-hmm. know it, it was slow enough and this this sounds more like 
if you'd grown up listening to third wave and then you went back to first wave you'd be like, like oh that's it that's this gone. is it. this is where it came from yep yeah and i think we got straight eighth notes there too yeah. i mean there's a little maybe there's a little lilt or swing but it's it's fast enough that mm, da, mm, da, mm, da. Yep. you know the up it's not the mm, da, mm, da, mm, the, it's not swinging so again it's that kind of it's getting yeah. closer to and you've got the also the sort of the scat vocals mm-hmm. right in there that where where sometimes the human voice performs that or mm-hmm. and and that's how that track starts off as well yeah very cool nice well i am gonna pick prince buster uh so let's get him in there um i mean there's a lot of these original songs that i only knew through uh two-tone artists and then you know upon listening back and researching back i'm like oh one step beyond is an original. That was mm-hmm. one, or uh, or wine and grind. Is, goes uh, again. Stepping is, uh, on my second wave picks. Prince oh. Buster. <laughs> uh, Careful. Oh. But the one, the one I want to pick is a tune that was covered by the specials. That that's how I knew it originally. But um, enjoy yourself by Prince Buster, and I think it's a little later too for him, or it's in the in the like around sixty seven, sixty eight. But uh, you know the lyrics. That's referring you know it, it has that upbeat let's let's get together have a good time and uh take it away it's good to be wise when you are young cause you can only be young but for once enjoy yourself and have lots of fun And that's uh, that swings a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's it's like you can almost hear that upbeat getting closer to the the straight eighth note, but it's still got a little bit of bounce to it. You know, yeah. are, you, are you making a distinction that in second and third way there's there wasn't the swing at all? Um, not, I, I didn't really pay attention. No, to that. not necessarily. But I think the default is it's more straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it part of that like is it as is, it gets yeah. as it gets faster, it's going to be harder to, <laughs> to swing, to swing yeah. or whatever, and so that straightens it out a bit. But like the specials cover this song, and I think it's still got some bounce to it. And I think so, but so I, when, it, when it's slower, there's a chance also, for that. But I think second and third wave, you also started having the the influence of punk. That I mean, mm-hmm. punk doesn't swing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. right. There's more rock, more punk in it. Right. I also wonder how close it is to jazz, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that trumpet solo was improvised. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, right. And so, like, you get... These guys again, are jazz musicians You get jazz somewhat. musicians yeah. or, you know, people that are used to... Yeah, you're, you're blending... Right. Even, even the R&B of the time, Fats Domino was one that, like, uh, a lot of shuffle, a lot of swing in that rock of that time. So... Yeah. Any major omissions in, in, from the first wave? 
Gosh, I am the wrong person to ask, so I'll leave that for the specialist to chime in and blast us in the in the comments, right? <laughs> I, I have a few. Like if, if we're trying to really help people that might be interested. Who are we leaving out, Jason? But yeah. Um the, the Scatolites, which are already mentioned, like that right. that's big, really mm-hmm. important. There's a group called the Ethiopians. Mm-hmm. Really good, really important. Like, if you like that, Desmond Decker, you'd probably like mm-hmm. the Ethiopians. Uh, Toots and the Maytals have some stuff. Jimmy Cliff, like, th- and this is where it kind of blends into there's this weird world of first wave where you have reggae, you have rock steady, you have ska, and sometimes it's hard to distinguish like where one ends and one begins. But there's some really, really good stuff that comes yeah. out of there. If this is a rabbit hole that is uh, that you're interested in, dig dig into some some really good yeah. stuff there. Very cool. Yeah. Round, two. round two. Round two. Okay. Brandon's up. Get us going, Brandon. All right. This is a sky round. We need more energy. Get some caffeine going. Um, okay, so... Take a round, skanking break or something in <laughs> round two. Steve, Get into the beat. I know you guys have been referencing this thing called two-tone. Uh, just in, in case people don't know what that is. It's a record label, right? Yep. Jerry Dahmer's starts a two-tone record label. 1978 or so 79 so is this like blue note or verve for ska music well so but didn't it also become a style like it became synonymous with a style that existed beyond the label right yeah i mean the label what what was interesting about the label is a lot of bands that you think of as two-tone actually only put out one single on like madness put out one single on two-tone because Dahmer's was signing people and they only had to produce a single and then they could move somewhere else. And so so they did put out a lot of this two-tone music, but it was more the style. And, and in, in many ways, it was about a politics, right? Yeah. It was about black and white people making music together. Uh, you know, late 70s, you've got racial unrest in the UK. And this this is very much a unity movement of people saying, like, black and white can go together. We can make music. We can love each other is that part of the image of it too the the, uh, yeah the the black fashion the fashion the the checkers the The checkerboard the white black suits with white shirts it was black and white working class people from coventry right coventry england yeah that's that's kind of where it gets its start and and so yeah the black and white is uh that's again a a thing that kind of looks goofy right like everybody's wearing checkers all the time um but it it has its origin in this this two-tone label and what it stood for which was racial unity Mm -hmm. okay uh and so i'm gonna go with the the english beat which you better pick the right song have they had (laughs) a uh, transformation of their names is it sometimes the beat yeah yeah, they were. The I think in England the they beat. were known as the Some, Beat. Right? Eventually, then, yeah. the Special Beat. Did they merge? They were the Beat, and then I think together. there was another band that was named the Beat or something, wasn't there? Yeah, and, and so in the U.S., their their records were labeled the English Beat, yeah. and then they did the Special Beat, like Ranking Roger teamed up with somebody from the Beat, teamed up with somebody from the Specials, and they so they they worked together. Okay, so um, last week I had a conversation with Steve just talking about about this upcoming episode and i uh postulated that is ska the least represented genre in the billboard top 200 or whatever because like i i couldn't think of any i couldn't think of any ska bands that like my parents would know or any of our parents necessarily 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they haven't reached that that level of um, just being known by the general population. Um, by the general public. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> anyway, you might have to explain that one. Yeah, that was that was what uh, Rankin Roger and uh, Dave Wakeling. There was their band after the English beat. The general public. Gen- general public. It was called mm, nice. tenderness. Tenderness. That's their. Where is the tenderness? Okay, you could say anyway. that's new wave. So I don't yeah, know. If, I don't know if this maybe. song is my favorite of of this because, like I said, I haven't spent enough time. Um, but it seems like this is the the biggest hit from the ska from a ska band mirror in the bathroom the english beat great song yes are there but uh it's it has this distinctiveness to it i think you can see why it why it was a hit song and catches on you picked this in the 80s right jason yeah this i list well i know i picked um save it for later i think or did i pick this i picked a i can't remember which one but it, it, was, it was i think it was one of my near misses or deep cuts for the 80s or no mm. or was it new wave was one or the other. <laughs> I've lost track. I know we've had so many episodes now that everything's I know. Well, merging. I hope we I hope we don't have a redundant pick there that's already in the Hall of Fame. It's so that enough. we could I'm, we could have cleared out I, another one. We could have it twice. Huh? It cont- they, they, they have to be in this. They <laughs> yeah. have to be in this. No, they do. And I I'm sorry. I always screw up with. The, I I want to make sure we heard the very beginning of the song, but I forget that it'll be there, right? It'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Because I love the snare down. It just launches these, the song. These guys had a cool moment. They're they're, they're playing the song in the background of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when Ferris is running through the the neighborhood. That famous scene running <laughs> yeah. through the neighborhood. That's the uh, English that's beat in the song. background. Right. That's the what's the name of that one? The, the March of the Rotating Head is the song it comes from. March there. of the something head. Rotating head. Da, 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 uh, anyway, it's great. They they had a moment. They had a real moment. <laughs> Okay, sure. I'm up. Okay, so this is this is the part again that was the most fun for me preparing for this was kind of discovering the the second wave, the two tone. And Brian mentioned the political angle, and I just thought that was really fascinating. And and like it, we talk sometimes about like the political undertones of of hip hop songs and things. But besides Public Enemy and a few others, they're usually not very overtly political. It's more an interesting side contextual things but these guys were pretty overtly like we're not gonna sing about fantasies and 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 you know some kind of world out there that we're dreaming of we're gonna talk about our lives and and what's going on and stuff and but and have fun and it was kind of cathartic it seemed um so the song i'm taking is from the specials uh this was the song 
that that spoke to me the most from the ones I listened to in the last few weeks. Um, and it happens to be, I think, one of the more famous ones of them is A Message to You, Rudy. From their album produced by Elvis Costello in 1979. Stop your running This is the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. This is Stop your running This so is, who Dan- is this? Dandy Livingstone. It sounds great. I didn't hear this one. Yeah. But. So, so again, Let's, you see a lot of covers. Yeah. Where the specials are looking back to. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is great with the harmonica. The intro. harmonica. There's something about the the tone of those horns that's distinctively ska, right? I don't know what what it is that's. So to me, listening to this, there was something about this that I was like, like the third wave didn't quite capture something that I love about this sound to me that I remember. And to me, it's, it, I think it has to do with a more raw punk thing, a little bit more chill, but at the same time, like uh, DIY, you know, raw, but also chill and, or something. I don't know. But I listened to this whole album um this morning and was like why have i never listened to this album before you know so fun stuff and you get the uh the trombonist is the same on both recordings it's rico rodriguez on both and so so the specials are aware of the history they're connected to the where they're coming from and 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 rico comes over and he performs on other special songs uh but he was playing on the original dandy livingstone chart yeah and so, so that's part of the distinctiveness of it. Like they are tapping into like the like the Ur ska. Like let's get the guy who actually played it the first time, and and he has a tone. And I think that's something like trombone compared to to other brass instruments has a a more strident, forward facing sound, and and you can hear that there. That's inter- one of the one of the documentaries. I don't know if it was the one I sent to you guys that I watched looking at for this was there was a like a festival or a concert co- in London or in England called Rock Against Racism 19 in 1976 and it was actually a response to Eric Clapton um <laughs> having comments that supported a British politician named Enoch Powell who was very overtly racist and was like if we're not careful the blacks are going to have us by the whip and all this stuff and eric clapton i guess had said something that he claimed he was misinterpreted but there was this whole like the youth culture of the time like organized this whole festival in 1976 race rock against racism and and according to this documentary that was kind of a, a like the clash were there and that was kind of a breeding ground for this some of this stuff that came that the specials came out of and two-tone and all this it was very it seemed like it was a very much a youth political movement of multiculturalism and 
I had no idea. When I was telling my daughter, because of course, getting ready for the podcast, I'm telling my daughter all about ska today, and I told her, I was telling her about third wave stuff. Yeah, everyone was wearing bowling shirts with like Frank or Bob and bowling shoes, and they would dance, and I was showing her the skanking dance, and she was looking at me, she's 11, she was just shaking her head, and like, this is the stupidest thing. But when I told her about the political and the multiculturalism and stuff, she was like, oh, that's really cool. So she was into that. She, she thought it was really silly. You need to get Steve over bowling to shirts do it. And- an instructional for on how to properly <laughs> how to properly skink dance. Properly uh, skink. I'm, I'm sure that would solidify her disdain for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's all in the arms, right? <laughs> I showed her the skink and I was doing it and she was just I love kind of She's like, know, it's like Dad, you're, you're can bugging we, your kid. Can't but. we oppose oppression without that stupid dance? <laughs> yeah. Come on. But but you know, one of the things that again ska being dance music, I remember like going to ska shows. I, I would go to punk shows, right? And people are moshing, and there's like there's a sort of unity in that and a yeah. togetherness. Um, but there there's a different if, sort of if it's done right, unless right, you I get mean, the the skinhead bros that just want to that just want to punch people. Yeah. But but there is something also like at ska shows, people would watch each other dance. There'd be a dance circle, and, yeah. and you know, and people had variations on how to do that silly dance. And, yeah, and there's a supportive environment that different was, kind of you know. yeah, different feeling of like this this music. As goofy as it as it honestly is, it brings people together. Yeah. yeah, we've talked throughout this that different genres have different fashion, different dance moves, different cultural ethos and things. And like, um, I guess I grew a new respect, especially looking into the two tone stuff. That it wasn't just carnival fun, silly. It was like inclusivity. It was like fight the power with fun with dancing with music it was that kind of stuff and i was like i had no idea at least in this late 70s period yeah and i mean i love i I love this pick i love uh rico rodriguez and just uh, again mostly knowing him through the his playing with the specials but it you know file this away with however many handful of trombone solos you would actually hear on songs you hear on the radio or whatever. It's like, this is the kind of thing that spoke to me as a young musician and trombonist saying, oh, maybe there is a possibility a place for, for me <laughs> as a trombonist <laughs> yeah. in, in popular music or Absolutely. whatever. And and I, I specifically stole that lick and wove it into this little solo I had when I was in the stage band for a junior high musical. Oh, awesome. And we, th- this was one of these weird... Um, I don't know if any of you ever had the pleasure of being part of such a musical, but there's this whole level of musicals that are written specifically for, like, you know, junior high or high school kids. They're not, you know, Broadway musicals. They're just their own thing. And I don't remember what the title of this was. I just remember that it was set in, like, uh, the big band era was supposed to be. And we, we as the band, instead of being in the pit, were actually on stage and kind of part of the show. I actually had one line that was like, uh, I think they went that way or something like that. You know, that's at This one is point. the deepest but, of deep cuts. If we could get yeah, a recording uh, could, of your trombone I've solo. I've just got about 10 more minutes to explain uh, no, about this. No, I love it. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I wish we had a recording of Steve's one line and of his specials inspired trombone yeah. solo. Well, um, I Find did it. happen Find to bring some home movies with me. And if we could just, Brandon, could you set up the... I think that's called a vodcast. Pr- projector. Yeah. <laughs> Vlog. No, so here, I got you right here, Steve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Rico Rodriguez also played on this one. You, not a lot of people know that. He does the little. That's his electronic <laughs> trombone. Yeah. You really, you got to use a certain mute, and you really all have the, to practice. All of Steve's but. scholarship and his greatest contribution is still introducing wow. us to warm leather. At- <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to it over and over again. Okay. I hope. All right. I hope. <laughs> Time to move on. I, I really have derailed this. Steve, I liked Steve it. anything else you want to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'll, I've said enough. I've said too much. I've said too much. All right, am I up? Tell me when you're ready. We are rolling. Get right. it, Jason. So we're on fourth wave? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, actually, I do need a judge's decision on a, on a band. Uh-oh. Do you want me to... I tell, don't want to throw things off if I name the band. Is it second wave? You don't know? I don't know if it's second wave or third wave. It's kind of in between. Well, Is it Fishbone? It's Fishbone. I, you they're, know, bridge, they're bridging this, the gap. So look... This is exactly what I put on the on the Utah Ska Preservation Project oh, really? Facebook group page. I'll read it. My, my, my post is super brief. I will read it and then I will I will make my judgment and uh, I'm very happy for Brian and others to chime in. Uh, but here's what I said. I'll well let's just okay, here we go. Let's see. Bop, bop, bop. View post. Steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh I like my this. Gosh. I like this. Steel Steve's theory. thinking music. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just play this anytime Steve's got to pull up <laughs> anytime, some. Anytime Steve's <laughs> hamster's on the wheel. Just, that's, just the, <laughs> that's the soundtrack of the gears turning, huh? <laughs> did you find it, Steve? No, I did find it. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, First third wave ska band question mark dot 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 agree with me that it's or convince me it's not fishbone go um i i put fishbone third wave and i and i think yeah there's some Come great on, they area. played Lollapalooza in 93 the, yeah, but, but I mean, that's, that's third wave. But they, they, their first album is eighty five. Their EP is eighty five, okay. but that's still later than two tone. You know. Uh, it, Two tone seventy nine, right? Yeah, I mean it's and and I I would put Fishbone along with like you know that that Oingo Boingo who's in the L A scene at that time and who are hearing the Two Tone stuff and being influenced by it and and sort of energized by it, but to mix you know to sort of do their own take on Except it. Boingo was nineteen eighty. Well, yeah, but and Fishbone, you know, they're in like junior high in the seventies or something, and they get they get together. All right, so er, the judges call earlier, like, is Fishbone is third wave. Well, I would just put it there because I I kind of like a clean break and just say second wave is is the British stuff. It, yeah, I, I think in London too. That's more where it is where because like the Toasters, if you yeah, know, don't want to steal people's third wave, but the Toasters form in nineteen eighty one in New York. And so, so in some ways, I think two-tone ends up being very, like, it's British. It's and geographic. It, and which, it, you know, is silly, perhaps. But, but, like, Fishbone is definitely before what most people think of as third wave. Like, most people right. don't think third wave until, like, right. 89. That's kind of where I would tend to put it. And Fishbone's definitely ahead of that. Yep, okay. Fishbone's ahead of it. Tulsa's ahead of it. Um, Untouchables is that a Bay Area band? I mean, there, there, it's there. There are American versions of maybe that are that are 
earlier than what a lot of people call third wave. But to me, it's that that's you know that's a gray area, and it's maybe is at the tail end of the second wave. Could be. You know uh, that said, that it could be a, a loophole, Jason. If you want to throw, you know if you want to throw the fishbone in here, I I, I, I want to make sure fishbone gets in. So I mean, but I, well, I'll give you a chance. Uh, you can either pick him for second wave, or somebody's going to have to pick him for third wave. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll keep it easy. I'll go madness, um, which I, I think they're like probably one of your your big three, probably of second wave. Um, I will go with. Uh, one step beyond, which is a cover of who's the original? Prince Buster. Bonnie Prince Buster. Right. <laughs> um, hey, you! Don't watch that. Watch this. This is the heavy, heavy monster sound. The nuttiest sound around. So if you've come in off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockinest rock steady beat of madness one step beyond There you go. There you go. That's fun. That's fun. That's, uh, I mean, that's second wave. That's like everything you need in second wave, right? You got a certain amount of wackiness. You did it. You did it this time. But, uh, <laughs> but you, uh, but it's right there. I did just have a vivid memory. So this, uh, this place I told you about, I was working, I was part of this group. We were, we were stealing a lot of music on the internet and <laughs> I, um, I got called into the HR director's office. This guy was of maybe the internet. <laughs> ten years older than me. Well, so I worked. I was at a tech company. We were selling computers, um, and he calls me in, and I'm nervous, and I'm like, "Oh man," we, because we had been using the 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 internet at at work to to get acquire music because were, they had. You were using a lot of bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. We were all on dial up at home still, and the HR director called me in, and I'm like, "Oh great, here we go." And uh, he he's like super weird, super nervous, and he finally goes, uh, "Let me just cut to it. I, I understand you have access to a lot of music." And I go, "Maybe who wants to know?" And he goes, "Well, there's this band that I had when I was younger, and I cannot track down a copy of their uh, of 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 CD. I guess CDs. It was early two thousands." He's like, "Do you think you could find me a?" 
this CD by a or uh, this album by a group called Madness. <laughs> and so I got good. called in and asked uh, and put on special assignment by the HR director to track down an album by Madness. Nice. And uh, that was like probably my first real interaction. I remember seeing the video when I was younger on MTV of that song and thinking it was funny or whatever. But I never really spent any time with it. But yeah, That's that was amazing. Uh, that that was it. And then it was like, ah. All I right. can relax. <laughs> HR director knows that's, this that's is going it. on. Of course, I got he's, you. He's in the circle now. You yeah. bet I can, HR guy, but I'm going to need some band, some dedicated bandwidth <laughs> some for this, assurances. okay? Yeah. Uh, I like that one because you you hear piano in that one, right? It's not mm-hmm. guitar. It's it's piano that is doing the upbeats. Um, well, it's true. And and you also, again, hear some of that, like, the, the scatting, for lack of something else, right, of, of people sort of... And like sort of like like almost like a hype man, right? Like sort of like egging the song on as it goes. Interesting, like looking at the Wikipedia, this is the thing I hadn't known, is they actually loop the track halfway through. Like they it's and they plan to go back and re record it, but by the time they they were going to do that. They'd send it to press, and so like the song, like just kind of like they were so tired, skanking and everything. By the <laughs> their arms were tired. <laughs> They're like so much. Uh, we can't do it again. Just just loop it. <laughs> so that one, I, I'm not hearing a real distinct difference when I hear them. Like this could, if someone just played that and said, "Guess which wave?" I might have said third wave. But also on the song I did, the specials, when you accidentally played the first wave version first, the the wasn't an accident true right when you purposefully did that i mean i'm just saying like i think sky it is so defined and so similar that even the 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 difference in waves seems to be even more than sonically the geography and just the the time that they were doing it like it sounds so similar and i mean the first wave stuff that we listened to some of it was slower and stuff but i don't know i think think it's a very specific sound you know a ska sound song it's like that's a ska song if if that had been third wave it would have done something else yeah. like it wouldn't have just stayed and oh, right. sat it wouldn't on have that just re- it would have it would have had like had a, a bridge punk bridge or, or a punk chorus <laughs> yeah, I was say, that third wave you start to get like rock more yeah more of the non-ska elements like in contrast in the same song with the i heard that in the specials too they had a lot of intros though that are like not ska for the first 10 seconds or 15 seconds and then it breaks into the upbeat thing but but yeah anyway it's just a very why is jordan's mic so much quieter than everyone's because his face is like two feet from it you told me to move it away from me well that's when you were haven't had it this close Okay. It still has to be pointed closer. at you, though. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us, I'm there sorry you had to hear that. That that was. They're not. They're not going to hear. It. HT's going to edit this out. We we tried. Is a, he your intern now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he hasn't done yeah. anything yet. But uh, Clap. this will this will be his, be his first voyage. episode. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oh man. He'll get lots of practice. Edits it down to 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe maybe that comment on the waves not being as different sonically is 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 out of what's the word out of pocket is that the phrase <laughs> like <laughs> out of school i was out of school is that the phrase well uh, no talking that, out your butt that's yeah. Not is that yeah that's something it. i've heard that's or, it i don't know <laughs> what's I think your it's pick just, brian it's the polka thing is yeah. so strong the upbeats is so strong yeah, 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 yeah. you're right, right. It, it yeah but i think in a third wave it would have gone somewhere else it gotcha. wouldn't have just sat there so okay so so i'm happy that jason picked madness i love madness I'm going to put Steve in a corner here because I'm going to go back to the specials again. <laughs> um, That's okay. And 
For me, the specials are kind of king of the two-tone. I mean, they're the most interesting, although I, I is that, love... Is that legal? Do but, we get two songs? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, well, you guys tell me. I thought the first, I mean, the very Steve, first Hall of Fame, two people like could pick the same band. That's true. That's true. Oh, I say we go for it, especially because he's a guest, and because Steve didn't say, once it's picked, you can't pick another. He found a loophole. He found a loophole. Yeah. I, yeah. I can pick something else. I don't know what else we've Steve had, would pick We've had changing... No, I've, I've got to pick up my sleeve, because there's a certain band, which I'm sure you can guess, that I want to make sure it gets in the, the second wave, and I'll, I'll make sure. So yeah. go for it. Okay. So so I'm going to pick... The, there's a lot of great special songs. I'm going to pick one that's a bit more on the edge. That Of, like, this is a... Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the edge of ska, man. Yeah. This is going to get rough. Um, the up, <laughs> this is the upbeats don't last through the parents, whole song. Parents, maybe skip forward. Actually, actually, 60 seconds. Content-wise, this is not uh, this is not an easy song. It's called the Boiler, uh, and it's about uh, date rape in the end. And so, y- if you get to the end of the song, it kind of gets disturbing. Um, we w- we probably won't get there, but one of the things I'm interested about is that. It's the specials, but it's going to sound different from what we just heard. It's not going to be quite so up and down, and it, it's still ska, but they, in the way that two-tone records and specials were interested in racial harmony, they were also interested in exploring, you know, youth culture, uh, you know, problems, you know, politics, violence against women. These were things they were, you know, taking on. And in this case, we've got a, a, a guest uh, vocalist, Rhoda Dakar is her name and she's doing the vocals with the specials So this is intriguing. Yeah, yeah. It, the the thing this is closest to is uh, the specials Ghost Town, which also kind of has the same like spookier sort of feel, minor key. But you've got those drums that are you know clearly treated in an interesting way. You've got the you know that keyboard lick right there. And in the in the verse, you can hear, a, you know, the 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 ska beat, the the off beats, but it's it's twisted and it, like it's it's really different, and it sounds not like 
most of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and they're dealing with a topic that, again, is is relevant and timely for today, just as much as it was 40 years ago. Um, but it's it's not it's not just getting up and dancing and something else. Mm-hmm. You can certainly hear the 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 new wave enmeshment here. There was it seems like two. I think you mentioned this a new wave, two tone ska and new wave were enmeshed and and you can hear it in this song yeah maybe with the use of the synth and the drum machine and stuff Mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean that's probably why for me of this of the second wave two-tone bands it's like the specials are just a little bit above the beat (laughs) (laughs) just a little more special than uh, even though I might listen to the beat, the English beat, like more, most, like, like uh, of them, I, I I love the music, and I even, and like Special Beat Service, which is in a way is a little later and almost more kind of a blend between Ska and New Wave. It's not so pure, but I mean, I listen to the heck out of that stuff. But, and, and the specials, like you say, is so short, but like songs like this, like Ghost Town, like Stereotype. Is also another one that's like it's minor, it's strange, it's a little slower. It's got all these different sections. Yeah, it's got another one called International Jet Set that's in this sort of same vein. It's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I feel like they the specials each each one of those three bands kind of has their own thing. Madness is kind of the goofy fun guys. Uh, English beats kind of I think of Dave Wakeling as kind of a crooner you know he's kind of got that crooner voice but then and they also have the ranking Roger as a foil and that kind of nice but the specials to me are 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 just you know the dark more interest more brooding even like psychedelic kind of influences and all these other influences that uh, that that make them a little a little deeper and maybe some of these other connections that you have already been mentioned like you know per being produced by elvis costello or other things are contributing to that you know that that sort of additional layer anyway no great great pick i think for my last pick i gotta go with uh the selector uh that because for me th- those are like the four two-tone bands that the pillars you know and 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 the selector too much pressure that's really the only album I know, and for I don't know how many albums they actually have or whatever the live one. But that album, I think, was one that was you know promoted by Two Tone, put out there. And so when I was discovering the Two Tone stuff, and and partially uh, you know shout out to Tom Turley, my friend John's big brother, the, the cool older brother that that knew the cool stuff when I was just I didn't have an older brother, I was just a kid, you know. Uh, came home with uh, I think it must have been him that came home with uh, too much pressure that album uh, I've you know I listened to the heck out of it and it's it's also I think a nice addition because of the the female vocalist right and we we talked a little before I think we we pressed record that you know like many of the genres we've explored punk it uh, and and or well we haven't explored punk but i mean we were kind of saying is is ska ska seems i guess jordan put it out there ska seems a little more uh gender inclusive than punk and we were like well yeah maybe just 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 barely just well i was saying racially Racially, for sure especially with the two-tone yeah for sure racially and then um I thought gender-wise as well. I'm even yeah. thinking third wave with dancehall crashers and no doubt and and all that. But right, right, and and so that's it's definitely true. And I mean, it's interesting that of uh, Brian's pick here that with the female vocalist being invited in. But um, so the selector and and she's just got such a great, interesting voice. So 
I, I uh, there's there's so many tunes I could pick off that album, but I think on the on on my radio is the one I want to pick because it's it's super interesting and quirky and. on that right right yeah that's right that's right um maybe yeah and I, i'm thinking they don't they don't have horns yeah oh well um scratch that then <laughs> well i think, I think we laid it out there at the beginning <laughs> yeah, that, that horns, horns were not a requirement a lot, a lot of bands have horns but uh it's kind of like the meters and uh, funk you know yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah not a requirement anyway there you go selector great voice and that whole album that's a solid album some really cool tracks on the whole too much pressure that was one i mean somebody forwarded around uh brandon i think sent to the to the podcast text thread uh danny elfman weighing in on his top 10 most influential albums or tracks and and the selector too much pressure was was on his list i think he picked a specific tune off of that album but he specifically talked about ska influence and that Mm -hmm. that album that band yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Second wave. Yes, in the books. Pick two. So now we're on to pick three, guys. Final pick. This concludes episode one of the Scar Hall of Fame. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion. Thank you for listening and for letting the music be your master. <laughs> <laughs>